Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit's fourth line plays really well, but they fall 4-2 to to the Chicago Blackhawks. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. While Scotty's a host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Before I get any further, I just want to say hi, Scotty. Hey, man. Hi. I want to make sure I got that in there because yesterday <laughs> I just kind of got right into it and you made a point to stop and say hello. I, want to make sure that. <laughs> I acknowledged your existence. That. I appreciate that. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, Before we get into the fact that the Red Wings lost 4-2, to the Chicago Blackhawks, like that matters, um, we wanted to kind of mention an an addendum to our episode from yesterday. Uh, We talked about the goaltending situation. We mentioned that, well, it is would still be odd if the Red Wings carried three goalies because that's not really a good situation for your backups to be in. We saw it last year. One guy doesn't get enough playing time and he ends up getting sent down to the minors for a conditioning stint. It would be a weird situation. The part of our argument where you were like, the Red Wings would have to wave somebody else to make room for a goalie was wrong. Uh, I talked to some other people and cause I was, I, I was like overthinking it. And I thought that they would have too many players. If they tried to keep three goalies, that's not true. They don't have enough waiver eligible players for it to be a problem. So if the Red Wings decided to keep Alex Lyon and James Reimer on their on their roster, that would be okay they from could. a roster construction standpoint. It would just yeah. be weird because then how would you divvy out playing time? Yeah, yeah. No, we um we well the, yeah that's that's the thing about uh, our whole team at the show being you and I is that if you think something and then you pitch it to me and then I do the math in my head wrong, <laughs> then we just like no one else can stop us. Um, but I think the conversation is still important because it's still like an abnormal thing. It's still something that mm-hmm. most teams don't do. It's still very much newsworthy. But um, yeah, like I think at one point I had said like you're going to on the six defenseman or something, which is just like objectively not true. So yeah. I, we're trying to, you know, just put it out there right now. not. Uh, I think you said before we started recording, not spread misinformation, but uh, still an interesting conversation nonetheless. Doesn't just completely null everything either. Well, and I think it's going to come back up again in, in a different regard later in this episode because I think there's a conversation to be had about Hutchinson if the Red Wings yeah. do decide to carry three. You know, Hutchinson, maybe he got signed to that PTO because Red Wings, Red Wings feared losing a goalie on waivers. Yeah. Um, but I want to get to that later because I think it's, it's pertinent to first talk about uh, the fact that that fourth line today, Bergeron, Valeno, and Costin, I think Bergeron must, must have heard me talking crap about it in yesterday's episode about how he's underwhelmed. Uh, and Valeno with me. Far. Yeah, I think both of yeah. them were just like, screw these two. <laughs> because they had absolutely phenomenal games in this one. In fact, I would go as far as say like throughout the course of the game through the full 60 minutes, Bergeron, Valeno, and Costin were the only line that actually looked good for the full 60 minutes. They were flying out there. Bergeron especially was just flying around the ice, forcing turnovers and creating chances for Joe Valeno. Yeah, and and Valeno looked sick. Like, (laughs) Valeno looked awesome and took advantage of all those opportunities. I I really do think Berger looked like, I mean, I think there's an argument he looked like the best player on the ice uh, Mm. in this game. 
Um, I, I think a winning argument at that. I, I That line was fantastic. Those two were fantastic. Valeno obviously had the two goals. Um, yeah. And like, uh, again, like we talked about earlier in the preseason, we had talked about you know, like the, the preseason doesn't hold the same weight to every player. Like each player's in a unique circumstance in which like, oh, like d- does the preseason mean a lot to you? Like to Dylan Larkin? No, it's just like to ramp up his conditioning, right? Like that's really the only point of it. You're just trying to get through it healthy. Uh, it, it means next to nothing in terms of like what his place on the team is going to be. I think there is a legitimate argument that for Valeno specifically, the preseason means more to Joe Valeno as far as like his performance in the preseason than maybe legitimately any other player in this organization. And for him to come out and have the two goals and look as good as he did and have that line look as good as it did. I I think that, and like Berger hasn't had really a great start to the preseason either. I think that it's absolutely huge for like the organization, obviously, because those are two guys that, you know, back in, in July, you were penciling in to be on the opening night roster but for them as individuals, it, that, this is a, this is a massive step in the right direction, a start to kind of get the ball rolling here. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that the preseason probably means a little bit more to Jonathan Bergen just because of the fact that he's waiver exempt. So if he really is dog water throughout the preseason, they could just quite sure, literally yeah. send him down. I think the regular season is going to mean, mean more for Joe Valeno, but that regardless of that, not to like that's just nitpicking the semantics of the argument. He this is going to be a really important season for Valeno, and this was a step in the right direction for him. And like he was, he just put himself in the right position for both of his goals. In fact, the second goal, which was the absolute just snipe top shelf, was a beautiful cycle along yeah. the half wall. I think it was on the power play as well with uh, Jonathan Bergen. Like Jonathan, Jonathan Bergen was coming up from the corner. Joe Valeno dropped it back down for Bergen to pick it up while Joe Valeno then cycled towards the high slot, got the pass, rifled it top shelf. It was a beautiful tic tac toe play. I, Another of them were power play. Sorry, they were both even strength goals, but they it's just both of the goals, the Jonathan Bergen one, the first, uh, the first assist he had where he just, and he did this a lot during the game where he would cycle behind the net for a pass out front stuff. I do in my men's league game that doesn't ever seem to work, worked really well for the Detroit Red Wings in this one. And Jonathan Bergen in particular, it was a beautiful feed to Joe Valeno through two Blackhawks defenders sticks as well. Just like pinpoint accuracy on that pass and like that's the Jonathan Bergen we saw last flashes of last year like that's the guy I got excited for as like a bona fide middle six maybe even top six like line two type guy on the wing he looked really good in this hockey game and so it makes me really excited to see him perform at that level and it is worth noting like this was the Chicago Blackhawks a team they mentioned on the broadcast the NBC Chicago broadcast Mentioned. Did this you enjoy was, the broadcast, by the way? It was awful, but it was very homerish. But that's to be expected when it's the it Chicago. Literally was NBC Chicago's yes. broadcast. Like so, I'm not like super mad about it, but boy, oh boy, did I watch on mute. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard to listen to at, at a lot of different points during the broadcast <laughs> just because of the Bernard love, and you know, to an extent, deservedly so. He had a great game. He had an empty net goal and two assists uh, on Corey empty Perry's netter. goals. Empty netter. Doesn't uh, count, dude. Score a real goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but outside of that, he played really well. Anyways, Valeno and Berggren, I, I thought, had a really good game, and it was really exciting to see because this was against their Chicago Blackhawks A team. The NBC Chicago stated, this is more than likely going to be the bulk of the roster for opening night. And Red Wings' fourth line went out there and tore it up against them. The rest of the lines, not so much. But the 
the fourth line really needed to show some life, and they they did in this one. And shout out to Clem Costin too. I know he's yeah. he's part of that fourth line as well. And we haven't really talked a lot about him in the preseason, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been good. He's just been performing his role as advertised. He's a big guy providing a lot of physicality, and I think it was a perfect guy to put on that line with Valeno and Bergeron. He was the perfect guy to stand up for those two. Plus, he did a good job of getting in the corners and digging that puck out for those two who are a little bit more of a playmaker type. So I was really happy with that fourth line overall. Yeah, for sure. And well, and and we've talked about it a lot. Like the the player that is kind of the more physical, like bigger body uh role on this team is always going to find production just because of the uh playmakers. And then now like for for this season, you know, there's like some goal scorers around there too. And and even if they're not pure goal scorers, just like guys that have the ability to get the puck on the net. So um, yeah, I, I, I fantastic line. Obviously they were, uh, I mean, I think pretty comfortably the best Red Wing line in this game, if not, uh, one of the more productive lines, uh, f- on the, on either team on the ice tonight. And, uh, yeah, highlighted by, by, uh, those two guys at the top. You know, what's funny is I think I may be wrong here. Uh, I thought that Berggren assisted on both of Valeno's goals, but according to the official box score by ESPN, maybe I missaw the play. It might've been Clem Costin. He was cycling along the half wall with, which makes that play even more impressive from Clem Costin's standpoint. Add a little bit of that production remember. with him. Uh, that's what ESPN has it registered. I, remember the I, goal. I don't remember where it came from. I could have <laughs> swore it was Berggren that was along that half wall who cycled with Valeno as Valeno broke towards the slot. But according to uh, ESPN here, that was Costin who had the primary assist on that, which means that was him that did that, which, I mean, hell, now he's providing offense as well. So good for Costin. I love seeing that. Uh, Anyways, Scotty, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Nate Danielson, who I thought had a really strong first period. I thought the rest of the game, the entire team kind of fell apart. The Blackhawks really took over in the second and the third. But Danielson, man, he's really making me, he's making me ask questions and that's not good. So that's actually really good. Um, So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform when you attract, interview, and hire all in one place. If it comes to drafting your fantasy team, you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team. If you're building a roster to win in the league, you need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting. Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Again, that is Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the 4-2 to loss the Detroit Red Wings had in Chicago against the Blackhawks in this preseason game. Again, we're not going to belabor the fact that this team lost because it's a preseason game, so who really cares, especially when it's like – some of your middle six players, a bunch of guys who are going to get sent down against the Chicago Blackhawks A team. You say A in air quotes because it's not like their A team is really <laughs> particularly that good either. Uh, but I mean, I want to talk about Nate Danielson for a second because 
in the first period of this game, much like the rest of the team, he looked pretty good. The Red Wings, I thought after like a kind of sketchy first minute or two, really dominated that first period. Kinda, yeah. Um, and Danielson was was no exception, and he has he's been playing like I think almost every preseason game too. Probably will get tomorrow off, I would imagine, especially when there's three games in a row. But they're really giving him a good, long, hard look, and he's everywhere on the ice. He's in the corners digging puck out pucks out. He's on the back check stripping pucks away. He's on the forecheck. He's get, making passes. He's making shots. Nate Danielson is quite literally doing everything out there on the ice in the preseason, and that is something that was advertised with him. I mean, going into it when we were talking to Max, and Max even will say, you know, Corey Pronman was the guy who was really slamming his fist on the table for Nate Danielson, that he was the most well-rounded center in every facet of the game going into the uh, draft. He might not have been the flashiest center, but he is the most complete package as of yet, which really fits the bill for the Steve Eisman and the Detroit Red Wings are looking for in the draft these last couple of years. I mean, they did the same thing with Marco Casper the year before. Well-rounded centers might not have the best, biggest offensive impact, but they're going to give you every facet of the game at an NHL caliber level. And he's through what five games now of the preseason, Scotty Danielson's looked NHL caliber. Dare I say it? I mean, he's consistently one of the best guys out there on the ice for the Detroit Red Wings game in and game out outside of like your Dylan Larkins and Alex DeBrinkets. He's been phenomenal. <laughs> he's looked great, man. And and yeah, like clearly the the what is the word I'm thinking of? The I don't know. I can't read your mind. Thanks, man. Prototype, I guess. Like he is the prototype for uh what forwards Iserman wants to draft. Like he wants to draft two-way forwards, right? Like that there's uh, that that's a very clear like type that he has, and yeah, man. So far, Daniel said has really impressed, and like this is dating back to since the first time we saw him. Like you can go back to prospect turning. We were like, yeah, he looks really good, and like he scored the first goal of the season, and we were like, oh, like he, you know what I mean? Like he, he looks really good, and then as camp has gone along, like he continues to look good, and now the preseason starts, and we're like, oh, this guy looks good, and now we're like, <laughs> whatever, five games into the preseason, and we're like, oh, this guy still like. Looks really, really good. And I was playing against like NHL teams. It's the Blackhawks. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. But like they're playing against an NHL team's A team. Like they're, they're opening night roster potentially. And he's still shining and, and, and looking good and looking like a solid NHL player. And, uh, you know, we, we've had the discussion about like what you can really do with him like this early on. Uh, if it's not the NHL and it's, it's very limited. But I'll be darned, man. He he looks really, really good. Yes, he, he absolutely does. And I, I I still hesitate to say he will make the NHL roster. I still think that that's yeah, a, I still don't think he will. But. I still think that's a stretch to say, you know, it's not it's not Lucas Raymond coming in, but he's looked really good. And I, I keep going back to saying. I wish you could make the, I wish you could go to Grand Rapids. Right. I, if, I wish if that he was could. possible. That would just be the answer. I, I still think the best case scenario for him is to go to the WHL again and continue the Brandon Wheat Kings, get big time minutes, be a leader there um, and develop that way as best as possible. Because I feel like if he came to Detroit, it would have to be in a role where he could get big time minutes. And I don't know if that's there for him 
with how deep this team is. When Lucas Raymond hopped on board and joined the roster, this team was like had no depth. He came in and immediately stepped into a, a vacant slot on the right yeah. wing on the on the Detroit Red Wings top line. That that option's not there anymore. Uh, the Red Wings have filled those spots with prospects, trades, and free agency. So now if Danielson's gonna make it to the NHL roster, is there a spot for him? There has to be a spot for him in that top six if he's going to play at the NHL. And I don't know if he's that ready yet, but he is a lot closer than I thought he was. And that is really exciting. He sure is. He, I, I agree with everything you said. I don't really have too much else to add. I, um, he looks very, very, I guess calm is the right word. Like he just looks like he belongs. It doesn't, it doesn't look too big. He, uh, he looks very solidified out there. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Red Wings defense got routinely caved in, in this game, 34 shots for or 34 shots against 19 shots for second and third yeah. period. Not great for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, we've been saying that about the defense a lot. And like, um, I don't know. It's it, like, it's not something I'm like worried about because we're like every game we're not seeing, you know, like the, the actual six or seven D men that are going to be on this roster. But it's certainly something that we've said a lot more already <laughs> yeah. than uh, than I'd like. Uh, my big worry is is this. Look at that. What, what oh you're my God. seeing the heat map here. The Chicago Blackhawks heat map is essentially just, I mean, there's like little splotches of yellow along the, the half walls, but it's one giant red glob right on top of Hutchinson slash Huso. Like that is where all their pressure and chances. And this is a Corsi map, by the way. So it's based on um, shot attempts, not like quality shot attempts. So, I mean, look at all those shot attempts that came right there. That first goal that Vili Husso let in uh, was right there on the doorstep. You can see that on this map. It's just, that's not what you want. And I'm not, again, like I'm really with you. I'm not overly worried because it's a preseason but what what does worry me a little bit is the players that it happened against. Um, so <laughs> your guys who are fighting for jobs, your your Brogan Rafferty had a great game. Albert Johansson had a pretty solid game. Both had Corsi four percentages at five on five, well over fifty percent, sixty percent, fifty six percent for both of those guys. Expected goals four percentage, both below fifty percent, but. There's only one player on the team who had an expected goals four percentage above fifty percent in this game, and that was Jonathan Bergeron, fifty nine percent. So shut up, both Bergeron. So you're just to, I guess, circle back real quick. I know I'm, I'm digressing from my point. I was just trying to make, but Bergeron, Valeno, and Costin, all of the team in expected goals four percentage, um, and Corsi four percentage, sixty eight percent, sixty five percent, sixty one percent for that line. Um, yeah. Pretty darn good. Not bad. Not bad for a fourth line against Chicago Blackhawks, a team. Granted, preseason, people are going to have seat at speed, bad. yada, yada, yada. But Brogan Rafferty and Albert Johansson have a lot to fight for. So they played pretty dang well for that. I thought Brogan Rafferty looked pretty good. A name that we have not mentioned on this podcast ever before. You know, he was on the power play. He had a couple good shots, shot attempts as well. Uh, even strength, he looks solid. It's guys like, I don't know, uh, Ben Chirot, who had 17 minutes at five on five, who had a 23.53% Corsi four percentage and a, you know, 20 negative 28% relative. That scares me a little. You're Justin Hall, who had a negative 12% relative and a 35% Corsi four percentage. That scares me a little. And yeah, these guys, you could argue these guys maybe played like played less than stellar, let's say. 
because of the fact that their jobs aren't in any danger. They're going half speed. That's the argument that always happens when you have your top tier NHL guys out there in the preseason. They're not trying awfully hard, and there's probably some truth to that. But for them to be that poorly, I mean, eight Corsi four, 23 Corsi against for Ben Chirot when he was out there on the ice. Yeah, And, I mean, Corsi's kind of a team stat, too, because, you know, it, it, that that number, you don't get a shot attempt against unless everyone else on the ice isn't doing their job. Same thing with shot attempts four. And he played the 17 minutes at five on five, second most on the team next to Justin Hall. So those are factors that play into these ratios as well. It's easy for a Brogan Rafferty to have, I don't know, he only played, he played almost 16 minutes and was 17 and 11 for four and against. So can't really say that, but basically I'm trying to make excuses to why maybe those numbers are so bad, but even with those excuses in mind, it's kind of not a great look for two of your highest paid defensemen on the team to be shelled that bad in the preseason. Agreed. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I think that again, like I'll just reiterate, I know we got to get to a break here, but I'll reiterate like, you know, coming on here after a preseason game and saying like, Oh, well the defense didn't look great again tonight has been like a very, very common reoccurring theme already. (laughs) Um, and uh, again, like we, we haven't gotten like the full, you know, like actually how the pairs are going to look on opening night and throughout most of the regular season and whatnot. Like where we still have a lot of prospects thrown in there. I'm, I'm not, you know, my running around freaking out or anything, but uh, it's definitely been a reoccurring theme up to this point in the first, you know, month of games being played in some fashion. Well, and here's another problem is Hall and Sherratt shouldn't be a pair. And they played 14 and a half minutes 100%. together. 100%. That was the they one were thing. The pair. Like we, we def, I don't know if defended's the right word, but we didn't freak out with the Justin Hall signing like a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, but we also made it very clear that there's no reality when we were doing our pairings. Like that, there's no reality in which those two guys should be on a uh, be, be pair, pair yeah. of mates. That's a recipe for disaster. And here they were on pair and they were the worst pair on the ice throughout yeah. the game. So not not what you want uh, for sure. But this is the preseason. This is the best time to experiment and see what works. And hopefully, I mean, if this is the result we're going to get, hopefully they figure out really quick that that pair does not work well together. Correct. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the goaltending and then we'll wrap things up as we head into another preseason game tonight. By the time you guys are listening to this against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are breaking down the Red Wings loss, the Chicago Blackhawks. Scotty, uh, the goaltending situation. Uh, I thought who's I thought they both looked pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was I was pretty pleased with how they played. Huso um looked fine, 929 save percentage, 13 saves on 14 shots against. Hutchinson looked okay, 17 saves on 19 shots against uh for an 895 save percentage. They both split the game 30-30. Although I think wasn't Kosa on tonight's roster and just didn't play. 
Yes. I think. Let me double check on that. Should I mean like well, we gotta hit the panic button with him, right? Like that's how it goes. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, calm down. I don't think that's a big deal at all. Yeah, he was he was on the roster and he didn't play today. I was I was thought for sure when I saw three three goaltenders listed, they would uh do a period each, but apparently not. I think Co- they should do that in the regular day. season. That'd oh, be stop. Stop. <laughs> not even funny. Um, but like my, my point being here, bringing up, I mean, who's so played good. He's your starting goaltender. He, he should play good. Hutchinson might be the solution we didn't address in yesterday's episode. Um, you know, they signed him to a PTO. He has a pretty extensive NHL slash AHL career. He's had some really good years. In fact, and the, there's a year he played with Toronto where he had a over 900 save percentage and like a pretty strong sample size. I'd have to double check on exactly how long, how big of a sample size that is. But, you know, double checking right now, 914 save percentage in, um, oh, that's just five games played. I, so that's the not the right year I'm remembering right there. That's not a good sample size. Um, strike that from the record. Strike it from the record, Scotty. Oh, here we go. Winnipeg Jets in 14, 15, 38 games played, 914 save percentage. That's the one I was thinking of. Well, I was going to say, because we've, yeah, we've talked about it. Like, <laughs> there's definitely one of those years you're right about. But I mean, even Andrew Rinaldi on Twitter today, who's our Grand Rapids Griffins, like, guy. Rinaldi, man, the yeah, dog. Rinaldi. He was like, there, there seems to be a growing belief that maybe Hutchinson was signed to a PTO to be that veteran presence to Shepard Cosa in Grand Rapids because of the waiver situation with Lyon and Reimer. Maybe it was always intentional to carry three goalies after the fiasco that the Red Wings faced last year. I still find that really hard to believe just because, again, I wrap back to the situation where, like, you can't, you want, if you want Huso to get 50-plus starts, which Lalona has gone on the record to mention, that's only going to split 30 starts between your other two netminders, and you would have to imagine that the better of the backups is going to get the bulk of those. So one goalie is just never going to play. So you have to keep sending. It's like going to be like last year, that goalie gets sent down to Grand Rapids. So like, while I see there's a path here where Hutchinson does get signed uh, to a professional contract, two way contract plays in Grand Rapids, the bulk of the time, I, I still find it hard to believe the Red Wings will carry three goalies for the majority of the season, maybe to start, until they figure out who the better backup is. You suggested that yesterday, Scotty, and I think that is realistic, but not for the bulk of the season. I mean, same. <laughs> I can't imagine in, like, on opening night, we're going to have three goalies, and then, you know, come, like, Valentine's Day, we're still going to have three. Like, that's just weird, man. Like, I... I I don't know. Hutchins, I mean, that's like a that's a that's a very positive development and like that can only lead to good things for the organization. So we'll gladly take it, um, whether that's like a kind of the safety valve of the safety valve. Right. Like if, if he's the safety valve of Lion and like what happens with him and Lions, the safety valve of the first two. Like, I, I think that there's probably an argument for that, which is good. That That's a sign of a, a healthier organization. But yeah. Um, I really don't know. My 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 head has been spinning about this, uh, you know, about the the goalie situation, the backup goalie situation at the NHL level for weeks now. <laughs> I mean, don't don't let it stress you out. It's not that oh, big. I'm stressed. It, dude. It'll be it'll be sorted out. Uh, no, of let's... course. And like I said, I mean, they'll they'll wait until the last second to do it too. It's just those last like two roster cuts are going to be super fascinating. Yeah. 
I agree. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything else from today's game that is worth mentioning. Um, I think I got all the major points I wanted to I bring up. I wanted to. Oh, Did we talk Red Wings dom- Red Wings dominating the faceoff circle. They won like 60% of the faceoff. Oh, yeah. That is a positive development. My favorite stat. Let's go. Uh, let's see who. So you had, oh, here you go. Andrew Kopp, 12 and 5, 70%. Oh. Nate Danielson, 7 and 3, 70%. And then Anisimov, who I don't think is going to get a contract. I'd be shocked if he did. Uh, 4 and 3 for 57.1%. So, and even Valeno, every single guy who took a faceoff. Won the bulk majority of their faceoffs, save for Rasmussen and Costin, who came in to take one face off when the center got booted out. Nice. That's good. Those are good numbers. That's good. Yeah, man. That like we talked about it last year. I that's in like the, the one game. thing that I, I think could immensely raise Andrew Cobb's value. Like, even if we never get like a great point score from him, he can just play sound defense as a forward and be like legitimately like this team's best face-off circle guy, like number one, like the best on the roster. I think that he would hold a lot more value to a lot of people. So yes. I'm hoping for that. I, th- I think that's really it for this game though. Do we talk about Fabry? No, we haven't. I figured now's a good time to bring it up because we're kind of transitioning to be like, Hey, the Red Wings play again tonight. By the time you're listening, yeah, is it back, back to back to back, back to back to back. I guess right. you can do that when you have like 60 people on your roster right, yeah. at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, Fabry has been confirmed by Lalonde to be playing in Wednesday's game against the Penguins. Um, they, they just reconfirmed that his injury was he was pulled out of the game the other day, just strictly precautionary. And it was no big deal. He practiced on Tuesday. So Fabry's going to be back. And I'm really curious what the rest of the roster is going to look like. I would imagine guys who played on Tuesday will not play on Wednesday. But if you look at the guys who played on Tuesday, I mean, you're probably going to have a pretty good roster on Wednesday uh, yeah. because like looking at your guys who I'm trying to think here outside yeah. of Danielson, you didn't have any like major, like first round prospect play in this game. You had only Perron Rasmussen and your fourth line really play. I'm trying to think of anyone else that I'm, if I'm forgetting anyone else. So Wednesday's game has potential to be like your a team in Pittsburgh, which is going to be fun to watch. If yeah. we can watch it, I don't know if there's going to be a stream of it yet. Yeah. It's a, it's a toss up. We've had pretty, we've had a pretty good run so far, actually. But. Yeah, whether it be, I think the, the game in Washington. I watched the jumbotron feed because that's what was streaming on RedWings.com. Nice. Like this is awesome. Nice. Just I, I love watching like the Washington area advertisements because it's the jumbotron feed. So it like shows like oh like go to this section and get Clint's hot dogs and stuff like that. I'm like what is going on? Okay, all right, Scotty. Any final thoughts? We will. We will. We'll be back with a new episode on Wednesday. Same time. Well, this is Wednesday's episode. Thursday. Same time. Same place. To your team. Every Every day. Every day.